the Tallarico Group has helped CEOs grow their sales and grow their leaders for over a decade. Now, founder and president Bill Tallarico brings you Total Growth, a podcast that explores the challenges of selling, leading, and building great relationships. So welcome back to Total Growth Podcast. My name is Bill Tallarico. Uh, today, I'm joined by David Turner, who's the CEO of Velocity Now. David has been coaching C-level executives for the past 14 years. He's been the CEO of several organizations and a C-level executive in publicly traded companies. Uh, I got to know David a few years back when he was the CEO of a client of ours, and we had an opportunity to work together. And uh, David's somebody who I've always admired his approach and admired him as a person, and I think you're going to enjoy getting to know more about him today. So David, welcome to the Total Growth Podcast. Thank you, Bill. Pleasure to be with you. Yeah, looking forward to learning more about what you're seeing in the market today uh, with regard to how some of the C-level executives you coach and work with are dealing with some of the challenges we have. Uh, what are you seeing right now in terms of trends from C-level executives handling some of the shocking change over the past couple of months? Yeah, that seems to be the, the big question is, uh, what are people doing differently? Because these are definitely unprecedented times. And, you know, you're not depending on or leaning on past experiences because nobody has that. So uh, I think the the big thing that I'm spending time with or hearing uh, from executives about what they're struggling with is just communications. You know, what do you say? When do you say it? How do you say it? And to who do you say it? And how frequently you say it? Um, communications has just got uh, an additional new light to it, of course, because, again, the sensitivities that people have when they are hearing from their leaders who are supposed to be leading them through this crisis. Um, I think that what I'm hearing is, is how do you balance, again, what you say, how you say it, when you say it, with the volume of that you're trying to say it because if you say the same thing over and over and over for weeks on end it gets old if you say things differently every time you get on the an all hands meeting or a call with the team then they're not seeing that consistency in your leadership uh so i i think communications and and people being intentional and and thoughtful about what they're saying and what they're not saying and just realize that it has a heightened sensitivity like it never has before. Yeah. You used one of my favorite words, <clears throat> intentional. And I think that leaders who are intentional, uh, not only about these communications, but in everything they do have much better, not only better results, but better peace. And they're able to give greater clarity to the, those they're leading. And uh, I think that's especially true with those uh, leaders who are communicating with sales teams today. And, you know, that's been become quite a challenge. We've talked here in the past about we think we're in a time of serving, not selling right now. And the organizations that are looking to serve their clients with that servant's heart are going to have better results on the back end of this. And it's also just the right thing to do. What do you see CEOs telling their sales executives and uh, their sales teams uh, in light of what we're going through now? Yeah, it, it's I, the the pressure and the tension because pipelines are not being developed at a velocity that they may have been in January or February um, because, you know, customers are facing times of uncertainty. So they're they're not as willing to make decisions as quick and as uh, in the same form or fashion that they did before. So uh, 
I think the big thing that CEOs or sales leaders have got to communicate to their sales team is just be realistic about where we are. And I always talk about the four C's, be calm, be cool, be collective, and be consistent. And when you are realistic about where we are and when you are uh, mindful of the fact that customers are going through and, and buyers and decision makers um, are potentially worried about their job or potentially worried about their own company, the last thing on their mind probably is figuring out uh, when and how or if they should make a decision about purchasing or buying your product or your service. And so you just got to lean in more to where customers are uh, or where buyers are more than ever. And the more pressure you put on sales leaders or sales leaders put on their sales team, I just don't think that is proving to be effective. And maybe one quick story on that is I heard recently about a from a head of sales, a CRO, saying that his CEO was insisting that he be on every single pipeline call, which was three times a week. And that wasn't effective. It's too much micromanaging. Things don't change. Things are not changing today every two days. They weren't changing in sales cycles or buying cycles in two days four months ago, but they're definitely not doing that now. So CEOs and CROs have just got to be mindful to be realistic and be patient and focus more on, like you said, serving customers and clients versus selling. I think that's a great message. Yeah. Uh, we've seen some people get very creative here over the past few weeks. We've mentioned in the past, one of our clients who was sitting on a ton of cash and uh, they had a recent uh, recent infusion of cash from a, a VC uh, firm and they were going through a series B of funding, something you're familiar with, right? You get that cash yeah, in absolutely. and what you do with it as a leader. And we had the conversation with them about how they were worried with this, with this, uh, this time that they were losing a very important window to close business because their clients or have unsure, uh, unsurety around their capital budgets. And the conversation we had with them was at this time, cash isn't as important to them as bookings and revenue and momentum. So how do we help? How do we serve that client? Uh, we thought it was best to give extended payment terms. So engage with a client that we can still capture the, the contract, still do the work and perform it in this quarter or in Q3 and give them payment terms that as long as we have the money by December 31st, we're good, right? Because they have plenty of money to manage to burn. It's actually helped them uh, become more effective and give their salespeople a target and, and something to focus on and something to sell to be effective. Have you seen any organizations start to develop uh, that shift in mindset or become a little more nimble in how they approach their customers? Well, I, I think it's imperative now. And I think what you're a theme that I'm talking about and, and collaborating with C-level executives is you've got to really practice your bifocal vision right now. You know, sales generally is this month, this quarter, you know, this this opportunity that's supposed to close the next number of days. But what we need to be thinking about is how how we are delighting customers, delighting clients, delighting prospects, being thought leaders to build better chance of momentum and closing deals in Q3 and Q4. And and if you're realistic, maybe 2021. So bifocal vision is less so concerned about this month, this quarter's bookings, and more concerned about Q3, Q4, protecting, developing, 
relationships where you're looked at as a trusted advisor and someone that is sympathetic and maybe even empathetic to the situation the client or prospect may be going through. Yeah. And I think one other etic that you mentioned earlier is realistic, right? You know, it's just that empathy and that realism that you bring to the situations of not trying to pretend something bad's not happening. Just before I came up to record this podcast with you, I had a, a voicemail from somebody. It was a cold call. And he was calling me about hiring veterans, I think. And and he said to me, he, he went through his voicemail script that I'm sure is the same one he used back in February and January. And I thought to myself, is, I mean, is this poor guy living under a rock? I mean, there was just no difference about what's going on. And there was no even emphasis for how important this is now versus in the past. So, yeah, I think that business is normal or business as usual is very unusual today because there is no normal. But um, and, and that, you know, that has to be driven by the C-suite. Right. And and I think, David, that's where you spend a lot of time. <clears throat> what advice are you giving to some of your C-level clients, your C-level executives in terms of how to maintain that engagement and ensure that pipelines are still being developed and people are still focused on uh, the important stuff of today. That's not just for today, but for the future. Yeah. I, I think themes of sympathetic and empathetic come to mind. Um, you, you, you just have to put yourself as a leader in the shoes of either a salesperson or again, a prospect or a buyer tap into the feelings of where they might be, you know, three, four months ago, they might might not have been sitting in the 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 bottom of the Maslow hierarchy of needs around security and job security. Today they are. So if you are empathetic and sympathetic about where people um, are in terms of their feelings and thinking that maybe they're not thinking so much about work or a buying decision or a process or something that's happening in the company, they're thinking more about the safety of their families. So how do you change your tone and your message based on the fact that people, everybody is in a different place today than they were months ago? And I think that the sales uh, people, the account executives and the sales leaders and C-level C executives that are putting others first and sympathetic and empathetic are the ones that, again, fast forward four to five months are going to be in a bus, much better position to win business. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that, you know, you and I get to work with a lot of uh, senior folks and a lot of people that are out there in the commercial world. And I've tend to find over the time that there's two types of people. There's the people that treat others like people, like human beings that deserve dignity, respect, and, and are not programmable objects. And then there's those that tend to treat others like objects. And the more authentic we can be, sometimes that means being vulnerable right now, both as a leader, a sales leader, or even as a salesperson, the more we can connect with people and, and worry about them, or, you know, let them know that we're concerned about them as real people then I think the better we're going to be. And this isn't something you could turn on or turn off. And I think that the people that came into this time concerned about people and treating people well and treating others like real human beings are going to emerge from this much better. People buy from people. Um, of course, the, the byproduct of that is products or offerings that help their business be more efficient or effective. But in the end, people buy from people. Amen. And, and that's a, a great lesson for those of us who are out there selling and tend to get pulled into the commodity trap that 
yeah, what we sell might be like something else. But I recently just bought, you know, our printer came up for uh, expiration and we had to renew that. We're paying more money to go to somebody new that we trust, we believe in, and and just made us feel comfortable that they're going to be with us through any type of challenge than the ones we were with because of the the way the authentic the authenticity they demonstrated to us through that buying Absolutely. process. And uh, how are you seeing, you know, I, I think that we always focus on what can be done. One of the best learning, uh, some of the best learning we can do is from those who are doing it and the things that we've experienced. And uh, how are you seeing some leaders react differently? And what have been some of the experiences you've had of people that are doing things really, really well that we can learn from? And then what are some of the mistakes that you've noticed that, you know, our listeners might want to try to avoid? Yeah, it's a great question. And I have a real mix of what I think is good and successful and promising and that might be things that people are doing that might be backfiring without them knowing. I I think getting back to those four C's, I think that C-level executives and sales leaders that are calm, cool, collected, that are consistent are going to far outperform uh, and get a, a much more engagement and a following for those who are being reactive, who are putting additional pressure, who may be inconsistent and letting emotions come into day-to-day interactions. Um, I have one CEO that is uh, just so calm and so uh, he is optimistic, but he's realistic. He is um, he gets passionate, but he never gets angry or combative or pugnacious. He just, he has this right balance. So people, when I ask his team about how he's doing, they are so loyal and so focused on wanting to collaborate with him and wanting to please him where the opposite situation of another CEO who is very anxious, putting a lot of pressure on his team, then his team spends most of their time thinking about how to work with him or to please him or to balance the the lack of consistency that they have to deal with with their executives. So one day at a time, be flexible, be calm, be patient. That's who people will follow. And again, I think the results will follow over time uh, in a much better way with, with consistent and patient CEOs and, and C-level executives versus those who are maybe using old school tactics of hyper pressure to try to perform in a time where so much is out of our control. Yeah. I love how you said one day at a time and that patient message, right. That just is consistent. And, you know, we have one client of ours who the CEO has been publishing. He started publishing a daily briefing where he would send out an email and say, kind of like, you know, here's the daily report. And it it was very valuable for his people because in the beginning it gave them some stability and vision where we, many of us have none in this situation. Cause as you said in the open, none of us have experience with this and anybody that tells you right. they do is lying to you. Right. So he gave them this foresight and all it was, was sharing information that they found so valuable. He's since taken that to about three days a week where he, you know, does, he's now giving them uh, less updates. It's not the daily update, but the one thing he's done throughout this process is he hasn't been afraid to share the truth. And he's been vulnerable. He's let them know that, you know, today I was angry. Today I woke up angry and I was, you know, frustrated that we're still closed and we're doing all these things. I think that's the raw emotion. That's the raw, healthy emotion of leadership. Uh, 
that can be so powerful and engaging others. And, you know, we, you and I have talked in the past. I think that, you know, my theory is all, all activities of a leader do one of two things. We're either engaging our people and, mm-hmm. or we're holding them accountable. Right. And it's that raw passion of letting people see you as a person versus the perfect CEO that sits on the pedestal and you have experience in this. You've been in that chair and very few others have. But how do you have that level of vulnerability that doesn't become sappy? You know, how have you yeah. balanced now, that as a leader? Now, that it's a great question. It brings me back to uh, when I was uh, CEO of my last company. Um, I we were going through a little bit of a tough time in one part of the business and I kept being the cheerleader and optimistic and we can do this and hear all the good things. And my team came to me and said, you got to stop doing that because uh, although we you may believe it, it's not effective. So be real, be uh, honest and, and, and tell us your fears. And so when I switched to doing that, thank goodness, my team was able to to give me that feedback. It, it just it kind of calmed the team and it and allowed us to to not make such emotional decisions based on the fact that they're trying to again offset maybe my hyper optimism. So I think that uh, being sincere, being honest, but but balancing that because I do think that if you if I mean let's let's be real, there are a lot of executives and people that are under the most pressure they've ever been in their career, maybe they're running out of cash, maybe the window of time for either selling the business or growing the business, they feel like is closing in on them. And I think you can show and you should show some of those emotions. But if you show it too much, that is negative too. Great executives share and are vulnerable, but not overshare and are not too emotional or over vulnerable. Because I think that also you know, shows a little bit of, of weakness or that lack of consistency. Uh, so it's a balance between showing the real emotions, but not showing too much about how you may be feeling. Yeah. And I think people respond to a leader, how you said is vulnerable, but still optimistic. And it goes back to, you know, essentially that Collins, Jim Collins theory of in good to great of that level five leadership, where you're able to confront the brutal realities of today with the optimism that we'll overcome. And I think the leaders that are able to say, Hey, today was tough. This month's tough. Here's where we are with cash flow. Here's, but I think when we do this, this, and this, we're going to come out of this better. And we're seeing that. I know that you're working with some folks that uh, are already preparing to come out of this better and emerge stronger, as are we. And I think over this past week or so, we've really seen that uptick with the people that you had confidence were going to do this well, they started to emerge. And and we've seen people become very creative about sales plans, very creative about uh, the work, work from home, being very creative in how they're engaging their team while apart. And they're starting to see that lift and they're seeing a lift not only already financially, I think, in the way the momentum's picking up, but they're also seeing that lift in morale where their people are engaged and the people are feeling better about their future. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. One, one thing that I has been effective, uh, both for me and again, my clients is during these type of times, I think it's really helpful to have the consistency of a routine and for me, you know, a daily motto. Mm-hmm. Mine was very simple uh, and still is. Wake up every day, go to work, do the best I can do, live the values, practice stewardship, go home, leave it behind, 
be present with your family and your home life, go to sleep, wake up, repeat. If you are doing the best you can do, if you're living your values, if you're practicing stewardship and giving and helping others, that's about, that's, that's a pretty good day, no matter what happens. Too much is out of our control. That, that daily motto and the consistency of the routine and how you think is 100% in your control. Well, that's a prime example of why so many hundreds of executives have leaned into you over the past 15, 14, 15 years uh, to seek that type of guidance because, I mean, that's it. If, if we can keep that perspective, be where our feet are when we get home at night and love those around us, uh, recognize there will be a tomorrow right? Then that gives us a little better perspective. And I think when we can take some gratitude into that day and gratitude for what we, we have, uh, I think I mentioned to you before, David, that, uh, my virtue of the year is I pick a virtue every year to work on last year was humility. Uh, I think my wife told me I should keep working on that one cause I haven't perfected <laughs> it. Uh, but this year we switched to gratitude and every night as a family, when we gather at the, uh, at the end of the night and we pray before we go to bed, we go around the room and everybody has to say one thing they're grateful for that day. And it's that attitude of gratitude that can really start to reshape our mind and reshape our perspective. And a good friend of mine who's a mentor to me, uh, has instilled in me the, the motto of lack of gratitude is the enemy of joy. And, um, uh, that's, that's helped change my life. But, but David, as always, it's been great being with you today. I think your, your final statements there, uh, really illustrate the value you're able to bring to others and, and why so many look to you as a stabilizing presence. I know I do. And, uh, really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Always a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, David has over 7,500 hours of coaching, executive coaching experience. He's been part of some very high, uh, high growth companies over the last 25 years as an executive leader and as a CEO. Uh, he frequent, frequently posts his insights on LinkedIn and is actually now working on a book. And David, when do you expect that to be completed and uh, for folks to be looking at? the exact day that I finish it. There you go. Sometime <laughs> soon. I don't know. I, I, it's it's uh, no excuse now that we're in quarantine and I have a little more time. Yeah. Although our time is busier than ever, if you're like me. And uh, right. David has over 7,500 hours of executive coaching experience and has been part of several very high growth companies over the past 25 years. He frequently posts his insights on LinkedIn and is currently working on a book on how coaching infused with purpose, vision, and values is the key to world-class engagement. You can find David Turner on LinkedIn or visit his website at velocitynowllc.com. David, thank you for being with us today. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Always a pleasure. So thank you again for joining us on the Total Growth Podcast. Uh, we invite you to visit our website at telericogroup.com. That is T-A-L-E-R-I-C-O group.com to learn more about how we can help your organization grow. Uh, also, please visit our website and register for an upcoming webinar we're going to be hosting on May 21st with our partner, the Objective Management Group, where we're going to share eight strategies to get your sales engine roaring again as we come out of this uh, time of dormancy and prepare for Q3 and Q4.